Welcome to the Curious Performer Podcast, the podcast for performers who want to grow. Are you ready? Ready to improve your show, to grow your business? Are you ready to build your brand? Then turn up the volume and get ready to hear from some of the best performers in the business. I'm your host, Keith Tussing, and I'll be asking the questions we're all curious about. excited today about our guest. She's a mom of three. She's a professional children's performer. She also has a Bachelor of Arts degree in graphic design, a lady that I think is going to have a lot of information to share with our audience today. So I want to welcome Regina Martinez, also known as Silly Sparkles, to the podcast. Hello, Keith. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I am so excited about hearing what you've got to share today. I have... uh, looked at some of your stuff online. I've met a couple of people that know you, and um, I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better today. So let's just jump right into it. Tell me, how did you get started in performing for children? Yeah, great question. So I first got my start about 17 years ago. I always tell people, you've got to be careful about who you meet, because sometimes you meet someone and you know my life is never going to be the same. So when I was um, in high school, my friend, Miss Jellybean, she's a clown. She, she saw me, I was really artistic. And she was like, oh, sweetie, you should do face painting with me at parties. And I looked at her and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would never do that. No, 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 no. Being a clown, that's not for me. Uh, but, you know, she was persistent. She's like, no, no you got to try at least one party. You, you can be like sparkles or something because you're so, so sparkling, full of energy. I was like, okay, okay, I'll try one time. And so I did it. I tried one party as sparkles, the fairy princess. I loved it. I was like, this is awesome. I was probably the worst face painter balloon twister ever, but I, I was hooked. I feel like a lot of people have that, that initial spark, like, oh, this like fulfill something inside of me. I want to get more of this. I want to find out more about what it means to entertain. That's awesome. And you're so right. Yeah, you're so right about the people that we come in contact with and the influence that they have. So you did that as a a face painter. And then where did things go from there? Yeah, so I gradually started um, investing in skills I mean, I didn't know a thing about marketing. I didn't know about how to build a business. I just knew that I loved it and I wanted to get better at it. So I started adding skills. I started adding face painting, balloon twisting. Um, I got a couple of magic tricks from some other clowns and called myself a quote unquote magician. (laughs) But, you know, as my my client base grew, like I realized this is great, but I I don't know what to do with this. Like I, I really had no clue how to build a business. We're going to talk about that some, too. Yeah, it's been a journey since then. Yeah. So you you learned some skills. And then the clown you mentioned earlier, would you consider that a mentor that, that worked with you even more after that? or? So her name is Miss Jellybean, also known as Janet. But she's always Miss Jellybean to me. She was the first person who opened the door. So as I went along my journey, I found other mentors and other people who helped me out, people to help me out with marketing, people who helped me out with libraries and preschools. And so I could keep on leveling up as I went along. But the funny thing about my mentor is actually, Janet, if you're listening to this, which I hope you do, <laughs> it got to come full circle where 
the other night I had her over and I was like, Hey, Jana, you really got to get into libraries. Let me help you with your show. The showcase is coming up, the deadline's in two weeks. So we sat down, we worked on her show and hopefully I'll be able to give back to her a door opening into something that she's never done before, which is libraries. Oh, that is great. I love performing in libraries and that is one of my great loves is to feel like you have an influence over young readers. Okay, so as you started into this, what would you say might be some of your early setbacks or struggles as a new performer? Yeah, so some things that prevented me from being as successful as I could have. First of all, I really didn't make much of an investment in my education the first couple of years. I really just relied on a few local people I knew. Of course, when I learned there wasn't such a strong, vibrant online community as there is now. So definitely, if you're just getting started, find your crew, find your people online, find people are where, who are where you want to be in one year and five years. Find those people and surround yourself with them. Because when I first started, I could have advanced way quicker. I could have been earning so much more money if I had just listened to people who are way better than me. That's good. That's good. And it's so true. The people that are around us influence us. And we would always, or I would say, I am always looking for that next person that is better at what I want to be better at. Because they really can cut your learning curve in half. You can get so much better much quicker because you learn from their mistakes. Okay, what about branding? I love your website, by the way. The colors, the fun, the puppets. I love the puppets on there. Um, Branding, how important is that to what you do? Yeah, thanks. Um, I love branding. I've seen your branding too, Keith, and it's spot on. It's really good. So that was actually one thing I did do right early on because, well, my background is design and branding. So that was one thing I knew what I was doing. And I knew in order to be successful, I needed a recognizable brand. So I went with a certain color scheme. I quickly developed a logo. I assessed my competition. I thought, hey, what's unique about me? What is going to make people say, well, hey, I need a balloon twister, but I'm not just any balloon twister. I want to make them say, hey, I need silly sparkles, the balloon twister, because she was great at my friend's party. Or maybe they're looking in line at my pictures and they say, well, we don't just need a balloon twister. We need silly sparkles to come to our party because I like the way she looks. I like her reviews. I like, you know, this and that. So I really had to figure out what sets me apart in people's minds, what makes me seem valuable to them in a way other people can't provide value. So those are the questions I would recommend whenever you're branding, like really ask yourself what sets you apart in particular? Why should people pay more for you? I, I know the colors and the graphic part of that is real important. But when you answer that question for yourself, when you were to say, okay, what makes me different? What, how would you reply? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, I really targeted a very specific type of client. So if you look at my website and you're looking for a balloon twister for your 11-year-old boy, you're going to look at my website and say, "Mm -mm, nope, not the one for me. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you're a librarian who's looking for services for teenagers, you're going to look at my website and say, nope, mm mm-mm. But 
I know who my target market is. I want the moms with kids who are age six and under. That mom is going to look at my website and say, yes, this is exactly what I need. She's great with other, you know, she's great with kids who are preschool age, young elementary school age. That mom is going to know right away. I am the perfect entertainer for her. So I really defined who I'm targeting. Um, and it does, you know, it does repel a couple of people, but it also attracts my ideal customers. Oh, that's really good. And I, I think that's so important that to know that niche market. And when you have it narrowed down that much, you actually do reach a very specific client um, that, that is willing to pay for what they they perceive as what they want. Okay, with that, what about social media? I assume you use some social media. How do you use social media? <laughs> so my strategy is a little different. Okay, I'm going to be so, I'm going to be bluntly honest with you. I don't use social media as my strategy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's why. I want <laughs> If you're listening to this thinking, should I use social media? Should I not use it? I want to be that example you can look at to I have been very successful without social media. I make barely any posts every year, maybe like two to three, um, just to, you know, update my page, make people know I'm still active, but I don't waste time in that. Instead, I waste my, not waste, (laughs) I use my time wisely on my email marketing, on my website, and my existing clients. I give 1000% of my effort to my clients so that they will refer me out to their friends because I realized um, social media just wasn't a strategy I wanted to use in years past. I mean, this year might look different, but in years past, I chose not to use it. And I just want you to know if you're listening, you don't have to use social media. You don't have to use it every single day. If you want to be successful, there are other options you can choose. Now for some other people you have in the podcast, they'll probably you know, have a lot of success with social media and that's great, but it doesn't have to fit every single business plan. Oh, I love that idea of you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. Um, Make yourself unique in another way. And the email marketing, I love that. Tell me how you use email. Yeah. So um, I use um, a lot of different email lists. I have them in different segments. I've got my preschool clients, my library clients, um, my birthday clients and um, my catch-all, like corporate clients, all those people. So whenever I want to promote a new library show, for example, this year's theme is Tales and Tales, and a lot of librarians in my area are going to use that theme. So I'm going to um, email them reminders, just remind them that, you know, I am working on something really awesome. And I'll just, you know, just nurture that relationship until they're ready to book. I just want to keep um, my name in the forefront of their minds and remind them that they need to book me, whether it's virtual, whether it's in person. But my whole goal with an email list is to nurture that relationship because it's way easier to get someone to hire you a second time than to find a new client. So I like to focus my efforts on pre-existing clients. That's good. And I, we do the same thing. Now, we do use some social media in our marketing efforts, but I truly believe maintaining that relationship with your existing clients is the key. So what would you say 
is a critical element for success as a performer. Yeah, so I guess if you're, are you saying like if you're just starting out? Okay, if you're starting out. Okay, well, let's just say you're you're first starting out and you're asking, okay, what do I need to get myself from a beginner to an established full-time performer? Or maybe you're asking, I do this part-time, but how do I go from part-time to getting enough clients where I can sustain myself full time doing what I love. And I would say there are actually three things you need to master in order to make that jump from part to full time. Number one, you need to have the skills. Obviously, this is a no brainer. You need to have a show or services that really connect with people in a strong way that gets you more referrals, that gets you more clients. And if you're not getting referrals and more clients, then you need to go back to your skills and see what's missing. How can I strengthen that? So, but maybe like you were saying, Keith, like a lot of entertainers do have the skills. They have mastered this, but they're horrible at marketing and branding. (laughs) I would say you need to work on your marketing and your branding, make sure you know what you're doing with that. Take some classes, upgrade your skills with that. Go to Cadabra, learn from people who do have a fully booked calendar. So once you have skills and marketing, there's actually one more thing. Let's say you do have a lot of clients, but you're not quite ready to make the jump from part-time to full-time. I would recommend you upgrade your systems in your organization. You can have amazing skills, amazing marketing, But if you're not responding to your clients, if they're not getting the information they need quick enough, like you need to have better systems, better organization, better automation in your business to really thrive. That way your time isn't getting completely sucked by admin tasks. So I think if you have those three things, great skills, great marketing and branding and professionalism with your systems, you are going to be amazing. You have... A couple of websites. One is your sillysparkles.com. Right. That's to your clients hiring you as their performer. And then there's another website, reginamartinez.com. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I've been a full-time entertainer for like, gosh, a long time. (laughs) (laughs) And so this year I made a lot of pivots. um, And... I noticed something coming up over and over again. I'm glad you asked this question because I see a lot of entertainers struggling with contracts, struggling with responding to clients, struggling with people, especially this year with people canceling on them. And I'll ask Mm. my friends, well, did you have a contract? Do you know, have a, a COVID statement in place? And they'll be like, no. And so I started realizing my friends need to have better systems, systems like I have. Systems that pull people through all these processes that are stronger and systems that enable people to do what they love and be more organized and spend less time. So I started a side hustle, Regina Martinez, you can check it out. I started creating some resources for people who want to spend less time on their booking work and more time doing what they love. So basically, I just help people get set up um, with a client management system Uh, But I also have a lot of free resources if you want to check that out. It's called the One Minute Booking System. I show people how to book their clients using one minute of their time. So if you're interested, just check out to Regina Martinez forward slash one minute. 
and you can get a sneak preview on how I do that. Well, that sounds great. And I think that is so important. Once the client gets to your website and has decided, okay, what do I do next? Make it easy for them. Make things easy for the client to make that next step. Right. So I think that'd be truly helpful. I have to check that out myself. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too. Like I've seen a lot of websites where there's no call to action button. There's no clear, like, well, what do I do next? So um, having a really great contact form and an automated follow-up is actually really effective so that whenever they do find that button on your website, you can respond to them instantly with no effort on your part. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Now we talk about clients and I love the idea that you use the word client, not customer. A goal for us is to develop relationships so that we see them over and over again. And so tell me with you, how do you develop that kind of rapport with your client? They're going to keep coming back to you. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm really glad you pointed out that that difference between client and customer. So in my own business, I view every single person, not just as a category, not just as a birthday party, not just as a library client, but I really try to view their needs individually. Like, how can I support you 1000%? I'll tell you one particular library client. She struggles with how to create programs around different seasons. And so I started thinking, I was like, hey, I'm really great at that. I love creating customized shows and not a lot of entertainers in my area do that. So I asked her, I was like, hey, what's your next um, program that's coming up where you might need Um, a specific theme. And she told me, she was like, oh, we need a spring show. I was like, hey, I know you've only hired me once, but I have other shows you can try out. Why don't you try out my new spring show? I'll give you a discount. I think I discounted her like $25 or something for being a repeat client. But she was like, yes, let's do it. And so ever since then, she's turned into my best library client, hiring me like three or four times a year. So, you know, just, just those little things, like how can I serve this client even better? That turns them from a one-time customer into a years-long client. Excellent. Excellent. All right. We've talked a lot about libraries. And like I said, I love the library. What about child care centers? That's got to be with your target that you do some child care center work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So how to build those relationships with them. Right. Yeah. In my mind, they're very similar to libraries. Uh, you know, slightly different marketing because they have um, different needs. Like their summer programs have really unique custom themes a lot of times. <laughs> so um, the way I build relationships and turn preschools into repeat clients is, like I said, the email marketing that really helps because, you know, in January right now, a lot of them are looking um, for what they're going to do in the summertime. And many times with preschools, they have someone who's changing every year. You don't always get the same client each year. So I find with preschools, it's a little different from libraries because sometimes you have to contact the preschool main office and be like, hey, you guys hired me last year. Is the same person still in charge? So with preschools, I still have to do a little more follow-up than I would with libraries and make sure I got the right, right um, person in charge. <laughs> You're so right. It does kind of have a run through the window kind of thing over and over again with some of those. Um, 
And you do have to be careful of that. What about continuing education? You talked about your own uh, as you began getting more and more. If you were going to say to somebody, okay, here are some conferences you need to attend, some books that will help you if you'll read them, websites that are going to be beneficial, what would you tell them? Well, obviously, there's a couple of gurus in our industry you absolutely have to follow. I think you're actually interviewing a few of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Definitely, you know, as a game changer for me, the first year I went to Kadabra in 2015, that was was the year I saw the biggest shift in my business was 2015 when I chose to go to Kadabra. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get really serious about this. I met so many amazing people that year. I don't know. Were you there that year? No. 2015? Okay. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, I'd recommend if you have a chance, go to Kadabra when they have it in person. Or even, I know they've got the online CACs coming up. Um, If you can do that online or in person, it's it's definitely a game changer. You get a lot of energy and you build connections, get inspired. If nothing else, then for the energy and inspiration, go to Kadabra or Cax. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about books? Are you a reader? Yes. Um, but, you know, I've got three kids, so <laughs> I read when I can. <laughs> I completely understand. Yeah, Christopher T. Magician, is, um, all his books have been really influential. If you can, get him on the podcast because he's he's pretty incredible and inspirational. He understands kids on a level that is really deep and impactful in what you do. Yeah, Chris is coming up. Don't worry. He's already on the schedule. <laughs> awesome. Great. Yeah, yeah Chris def- T. Magician. Definitely one of my favorites for sure. All right. So uh, conventions, books, what about websites other than ReginaMartinez.com? Where would you send Mm -hmm. somebody for help? Or where would you say, here's some place that's going to help you with your business? Yeah. So if you want help with the business side, of course, I have a few favorites. Um, Zibby Kibby. He's with Kids Entertainer Academy. That's another really big, impactful organization online, Kids Entertainer Academy. It's a membership site that's filled with a bunch of courses for entertainers. But for me, the thing that's really golden is Zibby. He does weekly all-hands-on-deck meetings where you can ask any business question you want. And Zibby has grown like a mini empire. I think he earns more than any other entertainer I know. (laughs) He's extremely successful with how he brands and markets and coaches. So if you want really good business advice, um, check out Zivi. As we get ready to, to wrap this up a little bit, and I so appreciate you investing your time today. If you were to say to a group of entertainers, let's say a mixture, you're at a conference, you've got people that are just dipping their toe in, there are people that have you know, on the cusp of being ready to go full time, there are people that have been doing this for 30 years and Regina Martinez is standing in front of them. What would you say? Ooh, I like that. (laughs) I would say, Hey guys, this is the time to get scrappy. (laughs) No, for real. (laughs) 
I would say, you know, so much has changed this year, right? Yes. We've had to make so many pivots and changes. And even you, Keith, like you're starting in this whole new podcasting adventure, which is so cool. And I think a lot of people are getting pushed to try new things. So a lot of us have gotten really comfortable in what we do and what we offer. And now we've been challenged. Hey, how can I pivot? How can I get scrappy and break into this new market? How can I get into this new world of podcasting? You know, how can I, how can I make a new brand for this new idea, this new facet of entertainment? So I would encourage you guys get scrappy, do things, even if they're not polished and make it happen. Oh, that is such good advice. And you're so right. We have spent the last 12 months of trying to figure out, okay, how do we work around the new changes? And what do we do to maintain our business, at least until we can get to the other side of this thing? And I see so many entertainers that are doing so many interesting things. Uh, You mentioned Christopher T. I mean, what he's done with video is simply amazing. Um, And you're right. We just need to stay on top of the ball and say, okay, what can I do to make this work? We're all having to deal with the same things and being ready to do something a little bit different and unique, certainly. And like you said, it doesn't have to be perfect yet. I think uh, there's the 80% rule. If you can get it 80% where it needs to be, then put it on out there. The 20% you can work on as you go. So Exactly. I feel like this year you could even lower it to 60 or 50%. (laughs) I had a client who asked me for a last minute birthday balloon, but she needed it within like half an hour. And I was like, yes, I'll do it. And I did it. She left a review and it's gotten me so much business because of that last minute scrappy effort. Like, wow, this is, this is working. (laughs) (laughs) You're so right. So right. Well, Regina, thank you so much for investing your time. I know you're busy. A mom of three. How old are your girls or your children? Yeah, I've got two girls, one boy. They're age eight, six, and four. So they keep me really busy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope as we move into 2021 that your year is something awesome. And I look forward to to hearing from you again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Regina. If you like what you've been hearing on this podcast, I invite you to go wherever you're listening to this episode and leave us a comment or review. Tell me what you love about this episode, or better yet, tell me what you want to hear more of in the future. (music) 